Hey everyone, welcome to the Person-Centred Performance Podcast. This episode features a conversation I had with Chris Nicklin that was recorded for his podcast, but he kindly gave me access to the audio to use on my own. Chris is a former colleague of mine and is the owner of Next Step Personal Training Studio in Nutsford. In this conversation, we discussed topics such as how we adapted to the challenges of the pandemic and how we helped to keep clients on track with their health and fitness journey during this time. We discussed where our value actually lies as coaches and personal trainers and how the pandemic has perhaps changed our perception of this. We talked about the importance of communication, developing trust and the importance of listening and providing a space for clients to talk, particularly during periods of personal struggles. And finally, we touched on some of our plans for getting back into the gym as England's lockdown restrictions begin to ease. Chris is both a brilliant personal trainer and a great guy. And it was lovely to chat to an industry peer about some of the challenges and adaptations that this crazy year has forced us to make. I hope you enjoy the episode. Right, Matt, well, uh, thanks for joining me today. I just wanted to get you on today to discuss with other fit pros and business owners like yourself that have set up a business during a pandemic, basically, and how you've cope with that and sort of share our experiences and knowledges with each other and also our listeners because I think it's important as fit pros to share our knowledge with each other I think a lot of people get hung up as a PT that they have their own secrets and they don't want to tell anybody else and I just think it's really important for us to share our knowledge with other people because I think we can help people to develop uh, not just clients but other fitness professionals as well to be honest so I was just going to touch on a bit of background about us we met at fitness experience in Burnley and we worked there for a couple of years together under Jamie and Josh and I thought they were great guys taking us under our wing and for me myself personally I learned a lot under them and I thought I developed greatly as a coach it was a great opportunity but then I got the chance to sort of take that leap of faith in 2019 and start my own business and then for me I felt I felt quite bad actually that day I had to tell the guys to that I was going to be leaving you know I actually felt sick that I was going to be doing it not just the fact that I was going to a new town and starting a new business but at the same time you know you felt you almost feel like you're letting letting the side down don't you almost it's uh it, it was a bit hard but yeah I mean and then obviously some crazy things have gone on since starting the business so I mean what's sort of your experiences how do you feel about the uh, the last year and sort of what was your decision to start up on your own yeah yeah so just to echo what you said really I think we've both had a very similar really positive experience at FX you know which is where we met initially it's a great setup you learn a lot about not just becoming a better coach in many different ways and you're given the freedom to make mistakes and learn from them and continually develop in that regard, which I think is amazing. Um, but also then the systems and business, more business related kind of structures that go on and how important that is in terms of, you know, looking after your clients and really focus on that client journey behind the scenes as well, you know, beyond just the, the one-to-one training sessions themselves, which I think is is amazing. And I actually wish there was more setups like FX for mm-hmm. more coaches and trainers around the UK, because I think it's a great platform for, you know, just providing people a space to learn and get better at the craft. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the last 12 months, where do we start, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I was very similar to you in that. I was just getting to that point where I wanted to make the leap of faith and set up on my own. And it's, you know, an idea that I've had really since starting up and my kind of early experiences of coaching. I always wanted to, you know, ultimately be a, be a small business owner mm-hmm. and have that sort of complete freedom and independence. I quite like the idea of, you know, not necessarily working the traditional nine to five. And, and I've always wanted to, always had a lot of ideas and I've always wanted to put my own stamp on things. I just didn't necessarily feel like I had the skill sets or the experience early on. Yep. Coming into setting up on my own, I had the same feeling as you initially as well. Just feeling a bit sick, just at the whole prospect, to be honest. It's a, it's yeah. a bit terrifying, isn't it? You feel like you're, you're taking a bit of a leap of faith. And there is risk. There is big risk associated with it because you shouldn't make any assumptions that people are just going to want to work with you. <laughs> There's no guarantees with it at all. There's absolutely no guarantees. And then obviously the pandemic hit. Well, the pandemic had hit for me whilst I was still in my previous role, mm-hmm. FX. So we'd gone through the first lockdown. I was furloughed for that. So we came out of that, that first lockdown, ultimately made the decision to decide to move on and set up on my own. And I think that in large part was spurred by just the amount of time I had to sit and think during that first lockdown and yeah. really reflect on what it was that I wanted and, and where I wanted to move forward with my career. And then after the first month of setting up on my own at Pyramid Performance in Stockport, which is where I am now, I, you know, rent, rent the gym, you know, it's a rental setup there. So I'm self-employed mm-hmm. in that gym. We went into the second lockdown. So that was a bit of a shock to everybody. And definitely frustrating when you when you just you know you're trying to you're trying to build some momentum and you're trying to get different projects off the ground with your own business. Yeah. And it's been kind of from then up until right now, really, it's been a, a bit of a whirlwind and just a huge learning experience, really, but a massive, massive growth experience. And I don't actually regret it for a second. I think it's I think I've needed it. I think I've needed the challenge this year. And I've definitely come out the other side stronger. And you speak to a lot of coaches, and I think that sentiment is definitely echoed as well. I feel like they definitely think the same. Brilliant. Do you feel like you've had the ability to put your own stamp on things now with your own business in regards to your background as well? So I know your SNC background, you've got a master's as well. Do you feel like you've been able to really sort of put that into to good use now while you've been starting up your on your own and setting up your own business? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely if you know if I, if if I was going to have a niche, it was definitely that. Although I don't necessarily think I'm completely tied to that niche. Yeah. I think. People recognize me as somebody that has got that strength conditioning background and more specifically the, the strength training and the powerlifting background mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, competing and coaching powerlifters for a while myself. But yeah, I think it's just, it just gives you the freedom, doesn't it, to create the kind of model that you want to create in terms of the kind of clients that you want to attract, maybe narrowing that down a little bit more specifically. But saying that as well, I think it's brilliant to start off as being a generalist and being able to work with a variety of different types of people, because I think that then gives you a bit more of an understanding of the people that maybe you work better better with and you get more results with the kind of demographics and populations you know everybody's different but there are certain types of maybe client goals or types of demographics that you as a person are more suited to so I think it was it was good setting up on my own because I I already had an idea of that and I know you tend to follow a a client-centered approach rather than just a uh, sort of a a goal-centered approach, for example. Do you feel that's helped during this last 12 months to be more effective at our job roles? Yeah, massively, massively. And I think sometimes it's a bit of a buzzword, isn't it? Like client-centered or person-centered and yeah. people don't necessarily know what it means. But I, mm-hmm. I try and I try and really embody, embody that in my coaching, you know, with every single conversation that I have with clients. For me, it means working around them as an individual. So regardless of you know, their previous experiences or their goals or their own kind of individual 
lifestyle stresses and, and the different constraints that they've got to work with. It's, it's trying to work with them yeah. in a bit of a collaboration to find a setup and find a, a health, fitness and performance plan that fits their needs and is, is something that they're able to maintain consistently over a long time and actually make those longer term lifestyle changes fitted around them as opposed to forcing them to fit an idea of what I believe is quote unquote the best approach if that makes sense it's flipping the power dynamic a little bit from more the coach as the authority and telling somebody what to do to having a bit more egalitarian type approach where you no one's on a pedestal you it's a collaboration really yeah I think that's right and I mean like you say you're there to guide them to find their own approach or their best solution to to reach their goals, for example. And I, I think that's massively important for, for me as well with my clients. You know, it's there's a lot of people out there who probably have a set structure and it's like, right, if you do this, you'll get this result. But actually, you know, you've got to take their lifestyle into account, their, their family life, all those different things, job, stress levels, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, one the one size doesn't fit all approach for everyone, in my opinion. And like you say, being that person there to guide them and and support them in finding their own solution generally leads to the best results and the the more longer lasting clients as well i think they sort of they trust you more don't they 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 know that you care about them and and you want the best for them and you know having that close relationship i think is is what gets those results and that commitment from the clients Absolutely. I like, I like the way you, you describe the relationship there. Cause I think that's something that's possibly undervalued a little bit with a lot of coaches in the industry in that creating, creating a healthy relationship dynamic that allows that person to feel like they've got a say in the process, you know, and their opinion and their perspectives are valued from the get go. And they're included in the decision-making process as well. I think if you establish those good foundations from the get go, you're setting yourself up to have a lot of success with that individual in the long term. Yeah, definitely. And for me, I think sometimes people will come in with a certain goal, for example, and uh, I don't know about you, we, predominantly we get a lot of fat loss clients initially. And then once they start to get into the training, then they'll tend to change their goals. And sometimes that then becomes not not a priority because they are sort of reaching these goals anyway they're doing that through the, the consistent training the type of training they're doing but then they start to flip more to sort of looking at improving in certain areas or focusing on performances or maybe t signing up for a challenge or a competition or something like that do you find you have a lot of clients that come to you like that as well yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i think that's the great thing about creating the um the kind of relationship dynamic that allows those conversations to happen as well. Because, you know, sometimes people come to you with a preconceived idea of maybe what they want to achieve from the process, but they might fall in love with another form of, you know, for a different type of or aspect of the process along the way. So, you know, sometimes people are after maybe more short-term fixes in terms of weight loss and fat loss, mm -hmm. but they fall a lot, you know, fall in love with the training process and more of the performance side of things along the way. And I think that's important as well. I think definitely having, um, not necessarily encouraging it if, if it's not what people want, but mm -hmm. I, I do tend to find that when, when people transition over to that more performance focused approach to training, as opposed to just short term aesthetic based goals, it definitely fosters that longer term sustainable motivation in the, in the long run, because regardless of what their body composition goal is at any one time, they've still got training as a, as a big part of their life. That's independent from trying to drive any weight loss change or, you know, any body composition change. I think that's really important.
long term. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. Like I say, it's great to have that ability to to adapt your training style and your your coaching techniques to help them find the solutions for themselves as well. I mean, we've had people who as well who've changed to just massively focusing on their their mindset and well being during mm. this last last year, especially because they've just felt like everything's getting on top of them. You know, working at home with the the kids and the family there all the time, and it's just basically been managing their own well-being in the end that they just come into the session you know they want to chat and they want to get a good quality session in and making sure that they're leaving feeling like they've improved their mental state really and um, that's been quite a big focus for a, a number of our clients this last year especially like i said just having the that support there for them being the person to reach out uh, because a, a lot of people don't like to talk but having that close relationship between yourself and your clients i think does help them feel like they can reach out to you when when they are in need because yes we'll all have the wins and it's important to celebrate your successes but it's also important to be there when they are really struggling because it's that's the time I think when we when we earn our money you know we've we've got to dig deep and and be there and make sure they come out the other end <laughs> feeling more positive 100% I couldn't agree more with that and I think that's something that I think the people who have thrived over the last 12 months in our industry have you know deeply resonated with and understood that i think we can get a little bit results driven a lot mm -hmm. of the time you know and, and hyper focused on our value as a coach being on what we can achieve with a client over a eight to 12 week period or something like that you know real short-term results which you know obviously there's a place for that and there are going to be some coaches in this field that prioritize just those types of clients and that's great you know that there needs to be a, a space for those type of clients and those types of coaches but with the pandemic particularly with all the mental health difficulties that that's we've had a mental health pandemic uh, you know alongside a viral pandemic haven't we and that's been yeah. quite you know if you're speaking to people on the ground you know working with people day to day everybody's had their own personal struggle in one way or another and being able to use exercise as almost like a gateway for people to open up and, and talk a little bit more and get things off their chest that maybe they're, they're bottling up but not necessarily feeling like they can talk to anybody else about it and mm -hmm. still being able to do the outside outdoor one-to-one -one sessions has been massive for that because yeah it's actually for me and I'm, I'm, so many of my clients have said this to me over the last eight nine months or so but in many ways it's been one of the only social contacts that they've had in a week beyond family yeah. within the household and so I think we've been invaluable in that regard yeah definitely agree i mean i had a, i had a review it's funny you should say that was client put on their review literally at the end of it like you are my social life and yeah. it's, so, it's so true yeah. you know that we are the people that are a big part of their lives you know see them once twice three times a week whatever it is and like you say crucial to keeping them sane and um, mm. to be honest um, and I mean, to be fair, I was, that was going to lead into my next question, really, in regards to what you were touching on there, your sort of transition into how you coped by going from coming out of lockdown and then us going back into lockdown as well, sort of how you found it. Because I know lockdown one, we didn't have the opportunity, did we, to, to use outside. So, for example, I went all online mm -hmm. um, and just having that, giving clients the confidence in the fact that they're still going to get the same quality of coaching because you're going to support them, you're going to guide them through the, the sessions. Okay, albeit we've not got all of the equipment we'd usually have to hand, but we can change 
things like you know tempo and range of motion and all those sort of things just to try and get some different stimuluses to still create that overload in the training and I was just going to ask you really how did you transition when you went from obviously back in the gym and building up that client base you know you're getting the business going and you're feeling positive you're like yeah right we're definitely not having another lockdown and it's like bam yeah like, what yeah. did you what did you do so if I'm being completely honest Chris the first couple of days were like what the excuse my French fuck am I going to do here essentially <laughs> um, there was definitely a bit of a you know there was a worry because I'd not necessarily built I'd not had the time to build those relationships and that rapport with with the yeah. client I did have and it was only a very modest client base at the time as well so there was definitely a period of time there within the first couple of days when I was just sort of getting plans together in, in how I was going to change my service that I was pretty worried about what was going to happen whether people were going to still want to invest in me and, and still want to work with me, uh, whether it be one-to-one or online. But I think I was, I was blown away by the support and I was blown away by how many people were interested in carrying on. But I think it's important. The, the time period is important there as well, because we'd already been through the first lockdown at this point. Yeah. So people had experienced lockdown one and the isolation that that brought. So I think in some ways, still having the opportunity to train with a coach outside one-to-one was immediately more valuable to people. I think, whereas they may have been put off by the prospects of that in lockdown one, because they might have thought, you know, it was less than ideal. It's outside, it's cold, it's wet and, and things like that. Yeah. Although the first lockdown, it was beautiful weather, wasn't it? <laughs> <We're lucky. laughs> the ironic thing, and I think more people were interested in doing outdoor one-to-one sessions in the freezing cold and pouring down rain this time than they were the first lockdown. <laughs> <So. laughs> but I think that's just because people knew that we weren't going to get out of this mess very quickly. Whereas the first time round, there was always that assumption that it was going to just be done in a few months and we'd be out the other side, I think. Yeah. The second lockdown, there was a real uncertainty about how long it was going to last for. So I think people were able to psychologically adjust to like that, that quote unquote new normal, although I hate that phrase, but yeah, uh, you know, people were able to immediately adjust to what they were going to do. But then I also think just giving myself a little bit of credit as well, as opposed to just the, the circumstances, you know, having having those systems in place outside of the coaching session to, to actually provide people with support as well. So whether that be software and apps and things like that to look after your clients and stay mm-hmm. in regular contact and provide them with training programs, nutrition guidance, regular check-ins, things like that. Having all those things as like the foundations of your business outside of just delivering that one-to-one personal training session. I think that has massive value because when people are looking ahead for the next few months about the prospects of continuing to work with you during the pandemic, if they only see the value in that one session that you're meeting up with them once a week or twice a week, whatever, you know, and they're paying what, 30, 40, 50 pound a session for that. And that's the, the only area that they feel like they're getting that value. I think they're far less likely to want to invest in that than if they feel like you're actually there as a coach 24 seven every day, if, if needs be in some situations, you know, I've got a variety of different kind of relationships with my clients. Really. I've got some clients that I check in with every day. I've got some clients that I, I know I only need to touch base with once a week and that's absolutely fine. And then it's kind of a big spectrum in between, Yeah. Uh, but having the systems in place to actually provide that for people who need it, maybe need a little bit more support has been really important for me, I think. And, and was why I, I was able to make the transition. And I feel like just from having conversations with you, it was yeah. a very similar process for yourself as well, was it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I, 
I always offer sort of, like you say, a weekly check-in with our clients. It gives them the opportunity to either just give me a brief rundown of how they've got, or if they, uh, if they want to go into a little bit more detail, then they can let me know what they've struggled with that week, what the focuses are going to be this week. And then if there's any underlying issues that they need to let me know about, then we can always tackle that. And we do that every Sunday. And I just think it sets us up for the week. Uh, I just think it's always important to touch base there. And like yourself, I do have to touch base with some clients more than others, just because you know that if if you maybe go off grid with them for two, three days, they might start to let things slip or something might get on top of them a bit too much that's weighing them down like work might be quite stressful and then they've they're trying to fit the, the workouts in at the same time and they've got young children and then if something goes wrong in the morning and they plan to do a workout but then they're stressed through work because they've got a meeting and then you can have a bit of a snowball from there but it's like you say understanding who those clients are that maybe need a little bit more attention at that time and just adapting to suit that. Uh, and then you, you have you, you guys who, like you say, will be really regimented and structured. You'll put the app in place. I mean, we both use the uh, the same app, don't we, for our business to keep track of our clients, which I think is great. And just putting your workouts on there through the week and you've got guys who will just literally, yep, as long as it's in there, they'll stick to it. And then you have a few guys who potentially may need, just need a little nudge. If it's not been done in the morning, they might need just checking in with, see if anything's gone wrong that day. Because something might have come up that's been unavoidable or some, you know, family issues or whatever. Just understanding the clients, I think, is crucial to making sure that your your business does well and that you are getting the, the best for every single client as an individual as well. Yeah, giving people the option as well, you know, knowing, making it very clear to people that this, all these aspects of the service are there for you should you want them but yeah. they're not necessarily putting the pressure on them to to have to live up to those expectations from you as well, I think is really important is, uh, because everybody wants something different, you know, that if you are going to yeah. be client-centered, if you are going to be person-centered, it's all right, you know, it's all right saying that, but then if you've got all, if you've put in, imposed in these massive expectations on your clients on a daily or weekly basis, then I think that's a recipe for, for poor motivation and adherence on the part of the client as well. But I think it's just reading that with the person and, and just talking about it with them. You know, yeah. like I think people... Uh, I think a lot of the time coaches think that they have to read their clients and, and they have to play psychologists and understand what yeah. the client, why don't you just ask them? Like, you know, just ask some questions and then listen to what they say. And, and then it makes your job a hell of a lot easier. I've found <laughs> over the years. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Couldn't agree more, mate. It's crucial to have that dialogue. And then like you say, make your job easier. Ask them how they're feeling, what's going on. And don't, don't be afraid to ask them sometimes uncomfortable questions. You know, I generally find that, if people have got something going on, even if it is very personal to them in their private life, for example, they more often than not will divulge that information with you because it is a personal experience at the end of the day. You know, you're seeing them quite frequently. You are, you know, the family's names, you, you, you're in their homes all the time because if you're coaching via Zoom, you know, you're seeing the kids, you're seeing everyone. So, you know, you're a big part of their lives. So it is, say, a very personal experience and the key's in the title of the name to be of your job role, isn't it? Yeah. And if people are people will discuss with you what their struggles are and you can be there to listen to and that's that's crucial as well is is listening listening and not just always being the person talking and telling them what to do listen to what they're saying absolutely i think listening in of itself is you know can can be massive for people sometimes people just need a space like you said you mentioned before that the phrase come to their own conclusions Mm -hmm. i think a lot of the time we feel like we have to always have an intervention up our sleeve always have like a a solution to people's problems when actually sometimes taking a step back 
reflectively listening to somebody, you know, and, and, and just being there as a soundboard for them to figure out their own struggles. A lot of the time clients will come to their own conclusions and you will just be there as a bit of a guide, you know, to put, put them in the right direction here and there. Sometimes you have to be a little bit more direct and people will say, tell me what to do on this day, this day, this day, and mm-hmm. how to do it. You know, give me all the tools possible to allow me to achieve this goal. And in that situation, that's absolutely fine as well, because it's what the client wants. Just getting back to this last sort of year with with having having those systems into in place to provide that for clients. I think there's definitely something to be said about the confidence that clients develop if they know that they've still been able to achieve in these circumstances. Because, you know, if you can achieve things in this, and I've reiterated that constantly to my clients, you know, whenever there's even the smallest win, constantly reinforcing, if you can do that now, oh my God, when we are back to normal, you know, what can you achieve? And just really, really hammering that home, I think has been massive. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it, to be fair, Matt. I mean, like you say, we've had certain people achieving things like a a pull-up, for example, you know, and they're using, we've had like last week, gave everyone little challenges and it's like, you know, people climb doing like tree climbs and stuff like that, doing pull-ups on trees, just all those little things um, has been, has been great. And like you say, if you are, managing to do this in these circumstances when we get back to normality some sort of normal then just think of what you can do when we are able to go into the gyms on your own and stuff like that not just having these home sessions or outdoor sessions so mm. yeah i think it's been like that's a great great way to look at it you should be proud of what you've achieved during these times because it's been tough for everyone i mean even us it's just the uncertainty hasn't it you don't know if people are gonna continue or stuff like that but I mean, for me, I know it's been the same as, as yourself as you've had that confidence from the clients that they've wanted to support you, which was great. And the, the trust in the knowledge and experience you have to still continue to get them where they want to be. Absolutely. Yeah. The trust, trust is massive, isn't it? I mean, you know, particularly in a, in a situation that is so uncertain and doesn't, hasn't had a definitive end date at any point really until very recently when the sort of the exit plan was revealed from the government. And if anything, I've noticed that <laughs> as soon as people had a little bit more of an idea of, of when things were going back to normal and there was mm. more tangible dates, people have actually struggled. I've noticed personally, people have struggled more because they've got a date, the end is in sight. And it's almost like that final hurdle before we go back to normal is when people struggle the most, I think, isn't it? You know, when they, they know when it's all going to be over. We've become valuable in that respect as well, just to keep people going. Final little push now right to the end keep those habits in place keep those you know consistent lifestyle behaviors in place in some ways things are actually going to get more challenging for people i think as well because people are going to be able to socialize far more than they were previously Mm -hmm. there's going to be more temptations you know just from so so many other things that are coming back you know so socially and 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 other, other areas of people's lifestyle work stress will probably increase again for a lot of people and you know having the ability to be there and and continue to allow people to make those little adjustments to the plan with all these continuous stresses coming up, I think is really important. In regards to obviously coming out the other end, what's what's your plans? What have you got set up in place to, to go forward? Have you started to get a few people sort of knocking on the door again, asking about your services and things like that? Yeah, yeah. So naturally inquiries are coming in. People are sort of getting themselves prepared, I think, for getting back in the gym but to be honest I'm um, the client base I've got now I'm pretty you know pretty, pretty happy with pretty consistent and pretty consistent with over the lockdown so for me it's more just looking to get back into things like small group training now that we've got access to to that indoors within the gym because that was one of the areas of my business initially that I was really keen on developing and did develop so it was really frustrating when that was 
you know, taken away quite abruptly with the second lockdown. So really just having that as a priority. And then um, if I can help it, maybe finding a little bit more work-life balance, that'd be nice as well. <laughs> it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a tough six, seven months, that's for sure. What about yourself? Have you got um, you got some plans moving forward? Yeah, so like you say, we are wanting to hopefully develop a little bit more group style stuff. I think with the prospect of maybe utilizing some outdoor stuff now going forwards, um, offering that maybe a bit more to the local community and just trying to get people active and, and moving. And we may even just look at doing that as, as like a complimentary taster thing to start out with, you know, just, just for these first four weeks or something, just to, just to get people out there, just making sure that you're trying to help as many people as possible. And then continuing the one-to-one side of things, um, hopefully getting a few more people back through the door, maybe a few old clients coming back in as well. Yeah, to rekindle their love for training as you yeah. do get the odd one who is really regimented on just wanting to be in the gym and that's fine you know yeah. if you want yeah. to do that absolutely um, we've, we've catered for that with with people who wanted to just put it on the back burner mm. Um, mm. wait for us wait for it all to blow over <laughs> <laughs> just wait in the winchester yeah I exactly i was gonna quote it <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's interesting because I think be, be, being completely okay with people's informed decisions and not want to continue to work with you as well, because there's, there's no expectations, you know, it's been a, everybody is going to be dealing with this situation in different ways. And if that means putting a halt on their health and fitness regimes for the benefit of their own mental health, mm-hmm. or maybe just prioritizing other, other areas of their mental health for the time being, but staying as active as possible, I think has been, if that's the route that people have, of most most comfortably comfortably and most confidently dealt with this whole shitstorm, then yeah. you no, know, that's absolutely fine. Particularly older demographics as well that have been pretty high risk. You know, yeah. I think it's it'll be really really nice to provide older demographics with a space to come back and and be confident to participate in, in structured exercise again. Yeah, it's brilliant, and we do have a lot of the uh, baby boomers with us as well, and they have they found it invaluable, you know, just having that that coaching throughout lockdown um, and continuing to get stronger and fitter, and just keeping them happy and healthy as well. Uh, because I mean, we offer like a one to one environment, so it is mainly one in one out. It's just obviously being in that vulnerable category. You've just got to take that into consideration as well, haven't you? So I think some of them are really looking forward to getting back in the studio and just getting things back underway. But it's good to see our clients like that developing as well, still able to come out of this lockdown now, even stronger than before we went into the first one, which is great. I mean, yeah. we we lent all our kit out from the studio, just bits and bobs to clients, just to give them that little bit of extra something to utilize to uh, still create enough stimulus for them on their current journey. But it's been it's been brilliant and. Like I say, they've absolutely loved having us be there to support them. Um, it's great catching up with them on, on, you know, on a Monday morning. And they're, they're all like, because we have like a group chat as well. So they're all chatting about that. Oh, aren't that, isn't everyone doing well with the challenges? And aren't they great? And <laughs> it's just that's funny. Yeah, I love cool. it. I love it. Yeah, it becomes its own, its own social environment on its own without you necessarily having too much input into it then as well. I guess it becomes its own thing, really. Yeah, I think it's been amazing to watch people take control over their own health and fitness routines and, and you know, and, and lifestyle because we've not been able to necessarily always be there to hold people's hand through the process. 
it's really inspired people to generate their own self-efficacy and their own autonomy to say, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take control of this for me. And there's a coach there to guide me through the process. But I think actually those are the most productive dynamics long-term anyway, not necessarily somebody feeling like they're too reliant on their coach, but yeah. having a coach or a trainer there as a, as a guide, you know, working alongside them as opposed to feeling like they always have to answer to their to their coach or their, their personal trainer. And I think going back into the gym, people having that own confidence in their in themselves and their own journeys is going to be massive for results as well and, and just general progress towards people's goals. Yeah, definitely. Massively agree. I think people will come out of this who have and keep fit and healthy, you know, like you say, more more confident, much more confident in themselves and, and hopefully in a, in a better state of mind going forwards, to be honest. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be a good year just enjoyable to, to get people back in for me yeah yeah I think it'll just be it'll just be readjusting again won't it I think as, as much as I'm excited it, I've got into a nice routine with things now and it's it's changing again isn't it but if there's one thing that we've we've got very good at this year it's being able to adapt on the fly I think so, <laughs> yeah definitely uh, adapting that's for sure I mean that was what we did when we went to lockdown one was just literally uh, you know we saw everything going on in Italy and I was like two weeks before we got locked down I was like right guys we're going online this is what's going to happen just having people still coming in the studio but then also people on a video call at the same time when this was like completely new and everyone was like what's going on um, yeah. but having people seeing that well I was still coaching someone but then someone in the waiting room for example coming in and then sort of building that confidence and that trust um, I think was was crucial getting off the ground initially was what kept our Rates quite high throughout the first yeah. lockdown, which was really good. So it sounds like you've actually the fit join will be right before the first lockdown. You were onto it quite quickly then. So yeah, kind of emptied a lot of it. Yeah, definitely because it was just we were following Italy, weren't we? We were, you know, two weeks after Italy, we were hitting the same numbers, hitting the same numbers, and then I just thought, right, well, we're going to be at this lockdown period in two weeks' time. So rather than it just going boom and then no one can come let's sort of transition it. So I, mm -hmm. I sort of got it in there early. People who wanted to, there was a few people who were vulnerable who did want to take that option earlier. So right. we, we had that transition and they were like, oh, they were watching the news a lot more. They were quite worried about it. And then I gave them the option to come and get kit and take that away. And then like you say, we had that transition of people coming in to the studio still, but also being online. And then it was people seeing that they were on the video calls and it was still working. And then um, chatting in the groups and stuff saying, oh, it was a great session today. And and then people are like, all oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um, so it was cool. quite quite good initially. I mean, obviously we, you, you have people that drop off during that. Money was a massive factor. You know, most of the time, mm -hmm. PT is one of the first things to go, isn't it? If you are trying to save your, your own money. So yeah, well, that's something that we didn't even mention as well. With people's financial difficulties as well. And how I guess that makes it, that, that makes me feel even, I'm sure you're the same, even more grateful and appreciative that people have carried on despite uncertain uh, career prospects and things like that as well for a lot of people yeah massively if you think about it you know, we're paying a, a lot of money a month for a, a luxury isn't it really you know to have a personal trainer and they have given continued to give you their their money throughout this time is has been amazing you know feel very privileged i guess honored for them to trust in us to continue to get them to where they want to be and yeah it's just been it's been amazing like say especially with these uncertain times with people struggling with work and being furloughed and 
all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. just continuing their training has been been amazing makes you really makes you really grateful doesn't it you know i feel so much more humbled and over this last year just really thankful for being able to continue to offer the support and, and help towards getting people fitter happier healthier and stronger to be honest yeah massively so yeah i couldn't agree more i think we've, we've talked a lot about where our kind of value lies and where maybe we've realized that our value lies in different places or maybe it's a little bit more holistic than maybe you would have thought before the pandemic. And that's something that I'm definitely going to be taking into my practice, coming back into the gym, getting out of this mess in terms of, you know, not always necessarily striving to be too results driven. Again, if people want that, that's absolutely great. But sometimes your value and people's people's needs from you as a coach or a trainer is to be with them over a long term and not necessarily always, always jump in to find what's the next thing we can achieve or what's the next solution just to be there to provide a space for them to get some good exercise done, improve their physical health, improve their mental health and give them some social connection at the same time. You know, we're doing a, we're doing in that one hour in of itself, we're doing a lot of good work there, you know, and, and, and really ticking a lot of boxes for people's general psychological needs. And I think it's something that's probably not peddled or prioritized enough from certain coaches, you know, how valuable that just is in and of itself. Yeah, definitely. We had a massive flip from January with people really starting to struggle with the colder days. It was the darker mornings, all that sort of stuff. People's mental health really started to to take a dip, especially when, they, like you said, there was no end in sight. They wasn't sure where the, the light at the end of the tunnel was in regards to this current lockdown ending so the start the start of january especially was really crucial on being there for happy with themselves as well yeah couldn't agree more absolutely amazing yeah on the same page no it's good i think we've always been like that though haven't we mate we've always been very much um of a similar opinion i guess and you know we we've had similar values and when we were working at fx together albeit we uh we were very very busy with sessions which was great you know our actual coaching we got we got a hell of a lot of experience there but we were always sort of passing and we got into some good chats sometimes and then we yeah, could yeah. never sort of really finish our get into some deeper conversations together <laughs> my my experience communicating with you at fx can be summarized in go going to have a great conversation and then one of us going i've got to go mate busy i've got got this to do and you're just like oh yeah yeah we'll uh we'll, we'll pick that up another we'll time up another day <laughs> no but it's it's yeah like, like you say it was it was an amazing experience and uh it's nice to it's nice to just be in a building with like-minded people and provide being provided an experience where you can really shape your own kind of philosophy on coaching you know having the freedom to do that because i feel like we did get that and um and that makes it a hell of a lot easier when you are setting up on your own because you've got an identity you know what you what you want to put out in the world you know what kind of ideas you want to get out there and how you want to influence people you know i look at a lot of um, brand new pts who have just been thrown into the industry yeah not had that time there's no mentorships anymore as well which is a real shame there's no there's no the, the elder coach you know like got taking a young coach through that rite of passage whereas in so many other industries and careers that's just built into the process of learning and development. And, you know, I'm really passionate about in, in, the, in the long run, creating something like that for new coaches. Mm. Oh, just something that gives them a space to just share, share ideas. You said at the very start of this podcast, you know, people need to talk more. Yep. You know, peers need to, need to communicate more and share their own ideas and their own failures and their own worries and concerns and sticking points, things that they're struggling with, because it makes everybody better. Sharing your own ideas doesn't, doesn't, doesn't reflect badly on you. It only makes you better and another person better at the same time. Yeah, and I think it's important as well if you have got these bright ideas and these new ways and 
ideas of training people for example it's not like the the holy grail it's it's good to to share that knowledge because yeah. there's plenty of people out there to be trained you know we're not going to steal each other's clients and you know having that wealth of knowledge shared between others is uh, is only going to help us improve as well as coaches yeah absolutely and more people are helped ultimately because gradually incrementally you know people get better at what they're doing their their ability to help other people is improved in you know just a little tiny way every single time you know if you had every single coach doing that with at least one other person then the industry would start getting you know better and better and more and more effective all the time you know exponentially yeah and it just cut through that misinformation as well wouldn't it because unfortunately there's a bit of that goes around from people who have maybe rise to fame on a certain reality show or whatever and then they've got in shape and then it's like they're pushing ketones i mean we're going to get into a whole other topic here if we're not careful <laughs> <laughs> So if you want to open that kind of words. Yeah, yeah. We've got to keep the lid on that one. But, you know, and then just being able to provide that information for people because, some, you know, some of the, like you say, early PTs might see that and think, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll recommend that to our clients. And then, you know, it's just having that knowledge shared. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's massive. I think that's massive with other professions as well, other helping professions or other, other, other different professions within the health fitness in an industry so i know i recently brought molly on board with me who's a, a registered nutritionist she does a lot of my nutrition consulting now and the reason i did that was as much as i can give general guidance on nutrition it's just not within my knowledge base or scope of practice really to, to start prescribing detailed meal plans for people or overhauling somebody's lifestyle nutrition wise it's just not in my remit i, I don't i don't feel confident doing it and i think be, being okay with passing that responsibility across to other people as well is, is essential you know mm-hmm. the same with the same with physiotherapy and even the same with mental health practitioners as well so you know if somebody's struggling with something and they're talking to you about it and it goes beyond general helping work and it moves into a territory that you feel like that person would benefit from seeking professional help making sure that you make those referrals out in whatever way that whatever way that looks like you can't you can't do it all as well i think it's important that you 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 build those relationships so you do have a bit of a network of people that you can refer out to if needs be that's massively important yeah i think that's crucial as well you touched on a point i was i did want to mention actually um that don't be afraid to to reach out to people and there is people out there that are better than you so speak to them, you know, reach out to them and ask for their help because nine times out of 10, actually, they, they will help you out. The majority of people, if you're in this industry, they want to help people and they will share their ideas and give you that support. So if you're, like you say, not confident in a certain area and you know someone who's got that knowledge and experience and they could provide a better solution, then then definitely reach out to the people who can provide that. And it's like, we've, we've done that with clients and, um, for example, reaching out to someone who potentially needs to improve their running for a, a, a competition. And actually that Luca has a contact who is dealing with some high profile marathon runners. So he's reached out to those and getting some good sort of quality feedback and solutions to help our clients as well which is brilliant and just yeah. not being afraid to to chat to people as yeah. for that support yeah. and health is, is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. I think that's massive because personal training, but it's the same in strength and conditioning as well. You know, my background is more the sports performance side of things. Although I've taken that, that, that sort of education and applied it to general population really in the way that I'm, I've set up as a business, but even in strength and conditioning, you, you're, you're, you're not necessarily one thing. You do a bit of this and a bit of that, and you can't necessarily hammer 
hammer the profession down to one thing that you do whereas physiotherapy or nutrition are more very specific fields that exist in their own domain so you know if you're a personal trainer or a strength conditioning coach and you're trying to do it all you're trying to be the physio you're trying to be the nutritionist not that you can't utilize a lot of the principles from those fields and apply it to your practice that's not what i'm saying that's absolutely fine you can do that but if you're trying to completely solve somebody's pain or injury or you're trying to overhaul someone's nutrition plan beyond maybe a, a degree that if you were being completely honest with yourself that you're actually confident in in terms of your own knowledge base then you're not going to do anything particularly well <laughs> no um do you know know what you do well do it well and then refer out when you need extra help you know yeah definitely and i think maybe a lot of trainers may feel worried about doing that because they feel like they should know everything they feel like people expect them to know everything and actually sometimes by holding your hand up and say actually you know what probably not in my remit to go into too, too much more detail on that let's let's see if we can get some extra help from so and so and be able to give you a better solution and made it this far thank you very much for listening and i hope you found the conversation valuable chris's social media links are in the show notes if you'd like to follow him and my social media links will be down there too i hope you enjoy getting back into the gym and i'll see you in the next episode